Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and Deathmatch God, Bully Ray and I get into Monday Night Raw from last night, especially the Judgment Day, Edge, Damian Priest, and for a first time on the microphone, newest member, Rhea Ripley. Also, we talk to AEW Dynamite's Adam Cole right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The Judgment Day, one of the highlights from Monday Night Raw. We talked a lot about Rhea Ripley and her promo from last night. So let's go back to Monday Night Raw last night and Rhea Ripley. Joining Judgment Day was the easiest decision of my life. Edge, Damien, I saw the two of you change for the better, and I wanted that for myself. I'm done signing autographs at the airport for all the little kids that come running up to me saying they want to be just like me when they grow up. The next day, I go online and I see those same autographs being sold on eBay. I'm done being used. And that is why I joined the Judgment Day. All right, so that's from Rhea Ripley last night, Bully. What did you think of the promo? What did you think of what Rhea had to say to the WWE Universe? I liked her tone. I liked her inflection. I liked her delivery. I liked what she had to say. But guess what, Dave? What? What's the number one thing that Rhea Ripley can never do again as long as she's with Judgment Day? She cannot sign autographs and she cannot take pictures with children at the airport. (laughs) The minute she does that and the minute somebody screen caps that and puts it on social media, a promo is kind of dead in the water. Now, is it really dead in the water? No, but people are going to jump all over it. You know, the WWE, I I told you the story before about, you know, when I had my, me and Devon had our first meeting with Vince McMahon and I told Vince, I go, Vince, you know, me and Devon were old school heels. We don't take pictures and we don't sign autographs. And he kind of chuckled and said, Bubba, you will sign autographs and you will take pictures. And I, you know, the light bulb went off. I was like, of of course we will, Vince. Uh, You know, family friendly entertainment. Now, if you're kids and you're in the airport, if you're anybody and you're in the airport and you know, you go up to Rhea Ripley, you ask for an autograph or a photo. Maybe she should take a photo. She didn't talk about photos. She just talked about autographs, correct? Yes. 
So maybe you'll get your photo with Rhea Ripley, but you're not going to get your autograph with Rhea Ripley. Nonetheless, I think Rhea Ripley has to go out of her way now to back up what she said on Raw last night and not be so inviting, ingratiating, so nice to the fan base that's going to want to take pictures and have autographs signed by her. you got to back it up. The way MJF backs up his heel character when he's at autograph sessions and stuff like that, Rhea now has to do the same thing. Yeah, and, and we've seen it. Listen, we had Jericho on our show that when he was a heel with the WWE – that he wouldn't sign autographs. He wouldn't take pictures. He just wouldn't do it. Uh, Bully, and, and I could be wrong here, so please correct me, and I'm sure the nation will if, I, if I'm off, but didn't Serena Deeb get, get released by the WWE because she wasn't buying into that straight-edge society persona? Like, I, if, I, if I remember correctly, going back to, like, 2010... She was like, go because of that. Like she was seen having a drink at a bar. And it's like, hey, you're not buying into this, you know, persona of being in the straight edge society. I truly believe, and I get it, you know, everything, every kind of terminology you want to use. I'm not going to say it here because it's not my place to say certain verbiage because I'm not a wrestler. But you know where I'm coming, bully. Like if you really want people to believe and you really want people to buy in, you got to kind of have to live it here. I'm sorry. As soon as you go to social media, if, if she goes to social media and she posts or retweets pictures of her with kids in, in, in the, at the airport, I'm sorry. It's going to be a disconnect, and it's going to be hard for me to have any emotional investment in Rhea Ripley. Dave, I just wrote something down as you were talking. What's the word you didn't want to use because you thought it'd be disrespectful? Kayfabe. Okay, no, that's not what I wrote down. You said you got to live it, right? Yeah. There's a term in wrestling. It's called live the gimmick. Live the gimmick, brother. Undertaker 24-7 was the Undertaker. To the point where he wore sunglasses at night, sunglasses while he was driving, sunglasses in dark strip clubs. Anytime you saw The Undertaker, he had his sunglasses on. Always living the gimmick, brother. That's what Rhea needs to do. After last night's promo, she needs to be this version of Rhea Ripley that we saw last night all the time. Otherwise, it's a major disconnect. One of the things that I always tried to do was carry the persona past the ring and past the show. If I was a heel, I was the absolute worst person you could possibly meet in real life. If I was a baby face, I was as nice to you as possibly could be. And remember what I say, Dave, respectful fans get what they want. Disrespectful fans get what they deserve. Yes. Okay. Because if you're a disrespectful fan, you deserve absolutely nothing. But even when I was a heel, if you're a respectful fan, you'd get your picture. I might not have gone out of my way to be nice to you, but you got your picture. You got to be who you re are. The last thing you want is people to come up to you and go, Oh, you know, Rhea, Rhea, Rhea Ripley, I hate her when she's on TV. She's so mean, and I hope she gets her ass kicked. But I met her at the grocery store, and she's so nice. You can't buy into that. Yeah. It's a major disconnect. 
So I hope the WWE allows her to take what she said last night past the show and be this version of Rhea Ripley in real life. Listen, uh, you know, I know we always bring it up and it's almost like cliche at this point on the show, but MJF, like MJF, he go, he's a part of meet and greets. He's at cons, but what does he do? He, he gives you the finger. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll abuse you verbally, but he'll say, he'll, he'll still sign the autograph. You'll still get the picture, but he's going to make sure when you walk away that, you know, he's still the most hated man in pro wrestling. Rhea Ripley could still do that. I mean, Rhea Ripley could still sign the autograph and still give the picture, but you got to make sure that that person who asked for it knows that you're a member of the Judgment Day and that she doesn't give two shits about you. She she can play both sides. It's done. It's been done. And by the way, I am right. Back in 2010, Serena Deeb was let go because she wasn't buying in to that straight-edge society gimmick. And I get it. I completely get it. I understand. That's the way it should be. Because we still buy into MJF. If you want me to buy into this. And and Bully, to me, this is crucial. This is the difference between a faction taking it to the next level and a faction being dead on arrival. They gotta understand. Edge too. Edge is a Hall of Famer. He's one of the most popular wrestlers of all time. This stage of Edge, he's gotta live that as well. If, if if I'm, you know, I've started to see little changes within the WWE that give me hope that they may allow heels like the Judgment Day to live the gimmick past the ring, past yeah. the show. I've been seeing a lot more interaction between wrestlers and fans. Like even Austin Theory last night told uh, the fans to shut up. We saw Roman Reigns interacting with fans. A lot more fan interaction, which was normally frowned upon back in the day. Don't ask them to react. Don't do things that ask the crowd to react. Just let them react organically. Now I'm seeing a lot more of it. And I'm just wondering if maybe they're softening the stance just a little bit on what they'll let the talent do. And I hope they let the talent go beyond the ring with this one. Interesting thing about MJF too, just kind of a sidebar. You pay probably 50, 75, hundred dollars to meet MJF, get his autograph, take a picture with him. And the guy scribbles his name. It's basically not, it's not legible. You have no idea that MJF really signed it. Maybe he just writes an MJ and an F. But people are still spending money on an awful signature <laughs> and to be buried to their face. If you can be a prick to people, scribble your name on a, on a piece of paper or, or, or an action figure, and you're still making money, you're, getting your, you're, you're doing your job the right way. Yes. 
It's it's uh, it's pretty unbelievable, but it's and you know what? it goes both ways because bully. We talked about Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, since her return, she seems completely disconnected. Right? She didn't feel like she was into it. It was very blah until Sunday night. Sunday night, she wins the title. What was she doing after winning that championship? She was interacting with that crowd. She was hugging the crowd, high fiving the crowd. We haven't seen a lot of that. From Ronda Rousey. That fan interaction bully. Especially with wrestling fans. Is so crucial. Listen. You could be a football fan. A hockey fan. Football fan. You don't see their faces. It's all about the team. It's all about the helmet. It's not that way with pro wrestling. We're completely emotionally invested. In the characters that we see on TV. And you know what? When you're emotionally invested. As a fan, I'm telling you, Bully, as a fan, I want that past of what I just see on TV. If I bump into Bully Ray as a heel in the street, I don't want him to be like, hey, buddy, how are you? Shaking my... I don't want that. I, 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 I love that persona, that magic. Bully, I really feel all wrestling fans are like me. Uh, I always try to send people home with a story. Like... Um, if you meet me someplace, uh, obviously right now, if, if you meet me, it, it, it's a different story at this stage of, of the career. But back in the day, if you met me at a restaurant or at a bar or something, and I was, you know, Bully Ray the heel, you, you most, as long as you were respectful, you'll, you'll get whatever you want. But I sent you home with some kind of story like, oh my God, I met Bully. You know, he signed an autograph. He took a picture, but holy shit, that guy really scared me or he was really intimidating. I don't want people going back home and saying, oh, he was such a super nice guy, blah, blah, blah. As a matter of fact, when people post stuff on social media saying, oh, I met Bully and he was so nice. What do I normally do? I retweet and I say blocked. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah I, I like that. And, and listen, I, I, I've said this story to you before when I took, Abigail, my daughter, to her first TNA event, you were going up against Sting at Coney Island. And I was lucky enough to have a pass where I was able to meet the wrestlers. And, you know, my daughter would not go up to you. She was afraid of you. She was, I was like, go get Bully's autograph. And she was like, no, no, <laughs> I'm not. No, I, and I, I thought that was awesome because she's buying into the character that you play on TV. I bought into the characters when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, I'll never forget the first time. This is how much I bought into the Samoans. Dave, I don't re know if you remember this episode. I'll tell this story quick before we go to break. I was watching WWF Wrestling Superstars or whatever the show that was on Saturday morning, 10 a.m., WOR, Channel 9, right after Doctor Who. And it's right around Christmas time, right around the holidays. And there was a match going on in the ring, right? Yeah. I don't remember the match. But I remember in the upper left-hand corner of the screen, they were playing videos of the wrestlers wishing everybody Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Uh, I remember New Year. that episode very, very well. You do? Yep, I remember it very... They had... It was like a video of all the different WWE, WWF wrestlers wishing everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So you had baby face number one, happy, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Baby face number two, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And then all of a sudden, Dave, Afa and Sika came on. Yeah. 
and Afa and Sika spoke English. And they said something like from our family to your family, you know, uh, uh, something in Samoan. And then they said, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And I was blown away as a kid because I bought in so much of the Samoans. I did not think they could talk. I had no idea that they, let alone speak in a language that I could understand. The Samoans can talk? I just thought that they were uh, savages from the islands who Lou Albano found to eat raw fish and raw chicken. But they can talk? The beauty of buying in. Yes. The beauty of living the gimmick. The beauty of the protection of kayfabe. Hear what's happening around the globe on World of Basketball. Big news this week. I am going to be the director and coach of the USA Basketball World Tour team this summer. 3X3 is FIBA's baby. It is catching on around the world. It's an Olympic sport, and I'm so excited about being involved. New episodes of World of Basketball, hosted by Fran Fraschilla, are released Thursdays on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. He is one of the biggest names in the world of pro wrestling in 2022. And speaking of Adam Cole, let's bring him in right now. Sir, how are you? This I'm do I'm doing great. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. You know what I love about you, Adam, and and, and this happens each and every time you come on this show. You have a smile 
uh, from ear to ear. And it looks like you're having fun. It looks like life is good for you. And that's awesome to see. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Again, getting to uh, getting to travel a lot more lately. I've, I've been doing a, a bunch of conventions as well. So between like the super rowdy crowds, every single place we go for AEW and then plus getting to meet a bunch of the fans over the weekends and stuff like that. It's been it's been a, a very, very fun ride so far. Adam, what is the biggest difference for you, both personally and professionally, now being in AEW? So personally, the biggest thing by far is the fact that I get to travel and spend more time with Britt Baker. Uh, there, there was a minute there where, again, I felt like I was maybe seeing her once, sometimes uh, once every week and a half, just because our schedules were so, so different. And now to go from barely seeing each other and FaceTiming for a couple of minutes after a match to let me know that she's okay to actually being able to be behind the curtain and like give her a hug and, and talk to her right away and, and travel with her has been amazing. So, so personally that that's been fantastic. Uh, professionally for sure too, I would say again, the, the NXT crowds were, were amazing uh, when I worked there for nearly five years, but it, in many ways, it feels like an NXT takeover every week at AEW, where we would work towards that oh, that huge show once every three to four months, whereas at AEW, it feels like once a week, there's just this crazy, rowdy crowd ready to have a good time. So professionally, that part has been very exciting because at the end of the day, we, we are performers and, and we love that thrill and the rush of the crowd. And, and I get that every single week with AEW. You know, talk about that crowd because we were talking uh, briefly about you with Ring of Honor, and we yeah. know that Ring of Honor always has that crowd, and now AEW does too. Like you could just feel it, even watching it on TV. Bully talked a lot about that, even early on. How you kind of even sitting at home, you feed off that energy. It's got to feel that way as a performer, feeding off that energy as well. Oh, absolutely! Like there's a. Uh... There's this sense of excitement in the building where it's like everyone who who buys a ticket to come to an AEW show, they have this mentality of we want this show to be awesome. We want all the matches to be really good. We're so excited to be here so that it just like I said, it creates this incredible energy like my uh, my mother has been going to wrestling matches of mine since I started on the independence, whether it be like a random gymnasium. Uh, or, or the biggest shows that I've done. She's, she's been able to come to a lot of them. She was there for my debut uh, at All Out in Chicago. And uh, she, to this day, and she's been to, uh, like I said, countless shows. Uh, and she's like, I've never, ever experienced uh, a, a passionate crowd for that length of time like I did at AEW. Because she said, again, from top to bottom, they were just riled up and having a blast. But yes, as a, as a performer, it makes all the difference when you're tired, if you're hurt, like that rush of the crowd really gets you through anything. Adam, talk a little bit about the creative process personally, um, as far as your promos, your matches. What's the biggest difference now with AEW than it, when it was with NXT? Sure, sure. So um, I'd say by far the biggest difference is that uh, NXT had a very hands-on approach, which is wonderful. Like, like I said, it's a great learning experience when you look at guys like Shawn Michaels and Triple H who have a you know exact vision of where they wanted it to go, how they wanted the promos to sound, what they wanted us to say. And then as time went on, I got more, um, I guess, freedom, you could call it, whether it be with promos and matches because they started to trust me. Uh, 
with AEW, it was from the beginning of like, like no one has ever handed me a script for a promo. Uh, no one has ever told me directly how they want my match to go. You get that, um, that creative process and that, that freedom to kind of do as you please, especially if you're someone who's, who's trusted, unfortunately, but you know, with AEW from the beginning, uh, I've been trusted. So I'd say they definitely give you a lot more stuff to play with and using your own creative process to go about things how you want to. So when it came to NXT, you had the benefit of the uh, of the the wrestling minds of a Shawn Michaels yeah. and a Triple H. There are some great minds backstage in AEW. Who do you find yourself going to when helping to put matches together? Which agents or producers have been the biggest help to you? Uh, Jerry Lynn has been a, a massive help to me. I, I remember I went to a, a Jerry Lynn uh, seminar when I was like a year and a half into wrestling. And that three-hour seminar, I learned so much uh, up to that point where, where I couldn't even mentally process it all because it was so much information at, at one time. And he, he gave me the classic, you'll understand this later. And I, I totally know what he means. But uh, yeah, it, Jerry has such a great understanding of like maybe this new school mentality on that old school mentality of what really, really makes stuff work and work well. So yeah, Jerry's been one who's been incredibly helpful. Uh, Dustin Rhodes is another one who's been super, super helpful. Uh, and like you said, that there's a list of, of tons of guys. Dean Malenko has been very helpful. So yeah, I could go on and on. We, we have a really, really good crew of uh, agents and producers there. You know, Adam, doing this show, I found that there's a lot of fans that kind of fell out of favor with pro wrestling and are back now because of AEW, and I found a lot of fans falling in love with pro wrestling for the first time because of AEW. Uh, are you seeing that a lot as you're traveling now, being a part of AEW, like a, a completely new, different fan base? So I, I definitely heard more times than I can count, um, again, whether it be meeting these fans at the shows or at conventions where they say exactly what you just said, like I fell out of love with wrestling for a little while. And then I saw AEW and now I'm back into it again, which is really, really cool. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, their, their passion bleeds through the same way that someone who's been watching wrestling 40 years for nonstop, um, that they act the exact same way too. So, but, but it is cool to have this. I don't know. You can see on their faces, how excited they are to be back into wrestling. And the, the fact that AEW helped them, um, re-experience that that love for pro wrestling so yeah it's been cool it's been very cool adam you talked about one of the things that was great about you being in, in aew now is you get to see brit um which is awesome talk about the friendships and the camaraderie uh with the locker room and how it is for you to be surrounded by so many of your friends yeah, that part is a great, uh, really, really great thing, too. Um, again, my, my entire time when I was in NXT, I stayed very close with the Young Bucks. Um, we would always keep in touch. Um, you know, I know they were very busy. I was very busy, but it never felt like we lost that friendship. And then going back and being able to see them every week and talk to them about their families and what we have going on at home and all that stuff has just been, it's been awesome. Uh, Kenny Omega is another one. Uh, who I'm really close with. But yeah, seeing guys that I hadn't seen for such a long time, like like the AEW world champion, Hangman Adam Page. I remember I had my last televised Ring of Honor match against Adam Page. And then to fast forward and see the incredible champion that he's become, 
um, has, has been really fun as well. But yeah, anytime you, you get to be in a locker room with people that you genuinely like and genuinely care about uh, makes the job that much more fun because pro wrestling is great. But if you don't have anybody to celebrate with, um, it's not quite as fun, in my opinion. So, and we've talked a lot when you've come on about Kyle O'Reilly and yeah. the feud. The I, I thought an amazing feud on the way out when you were leaving Ring of Honor and him finally capturing that Ring of Honor championship in New York City was such an awesome match and an awesome moment. And then you guys getting together in NXT and now once again in AEW. Talk about that friendship and that relationship. Yeah, again, I can't think of someone I've been married to in pro wrestling more than Kyle O'Reilly. Again, I first met him when it was uh, 2009. I had been wrestling for a year. And we the, the day we met each other, uh, we actually wrestled each other at a pre-show match for Gabe Sapolsky's Dragon Gate USA uh, in, in the ECW arena. So uh, we had a match. We, we clicked right away. And it was the first type of match that I ever uh, had where it got like any sort of internet buzz whatsoever, where like I started getting bookings from it. Um, and then, like you said, the entire journey in Ring of Honor, how we got paired together in NXT. Since 2009, the longest I've gone without working in the same company as Kyle was three months. And those three months Jeez. just happened recently when Kyle was was still at NXT. So, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing getting to share the ring and, and share a locker room with him. He's, he's my brother. He always will be. Um, he, he's a great asset to AEW as well as Bobby Fish. Yep. Adam, you're a former NXT world champion. What is your path in AEW to get back into the world championship picture? Well, the, I think the first and most important thing was getting the Undisputed Elite on the same page, which, which fortunately we successfully did. And now I really do feel like as a unit, the Young Bucks, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Red Dragon could say the exact same thing. And me gunning for the world championship. It, truth be told, if we look statistically, for the most part, 99% of the time, any company or brand I've ever worked for, no matter how long it takes, I eventually get to that world championship picture. And lots of times it has to do with me having a strong foundation around me. And right now I feel very confident about the Undisputed Elite being on the same page. So that was the first and, and to me, a very vital step at me eventually getting that AEW world title because it's going to happen. Adam, I'm sure in NXT you had a, a very much an open door policy with Triple H, with, with Shawn Michaels, and it's always good to be able to talk and bounce ideas off with, you know, the bosses. Tell us about your relationship with Tony Khan, and do you have that same open door policy? I, I think absolutely. Uh, uh, Tony, I, I got to know Tony a little bit even before I started working for AEW, when I would go to uh, like the New Year's Eve parties or I would go and watch Brit, I got to meet and talk with everyone and I got to meet Tony as well. So he was always a very friendly, very, very nice guy. Uh, but since working with him, yeah, absolutely. I feel like at any time of the night, at any point in, in the day, I could shoot him a text or give him a call. And even if he can't get back to me immediately because he's a very busy guy, I, I know he will make time and get back to me. Uh, again, his passion for pro wrestling is so contagious uh, that, that you can't help but get excited, whether it be getting ready to do something or just like ping-ponging ideas back and forth. He's, he's, again, very open to a bunch of different ideas. And at the end of the day, he's someone that loves pro wrestling with his entire heart and soul. And if you love wrestling that much, uh, me and you are going to get along really, really well. So, yeah, he's great. 
Uh, speaking of wrestling, let's get into Dynamite uh, for tomorrow night, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on TBS. The Owen Hart Tournament, which is, I mean, all the matches that we've been seeing is fantastic. And you're going up against somebody who just a week ago had an amazing match with his own tag team partner. Uh, you and Dax going at it in that tournament tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so FTR has been on fire lately. I mean, yep. the the incredible tag they had with the Briscoes, the incredible tag they had with the Young Bucks. And again, they showed as singles competitors how, how good they are. So, so I'm definitely not taking this match lightly. Uh, professionally, I think the world of Dax, but uh, this Owen Hart Foundation tournament it is mine to win. I, I, I need to win this whole tournament, need to win this first round match, and I'm, I'm going to focus on it a match at a time. But yeah, uh, Dax is going to bring it. I, I know he's going to bring it, but I will too. What about FTR in your mind makes them, in your opinion, the best tag team on the planet right now? So it's um, funny enough. I think it's all the little things like it, it just every movement, every step, every lockup, every hold like has so much snap and uh, like meaning behind it that you can't help but, you know, you can't help but stare at them, do their thing. And it, it, like, I also think, and it's very impressive that no matter who they're in there with, they can have almost any style of match with any type of team that they've just shown how, how, how much range they have as performers. Um, and again, they bring that intensity uh, every single time. So again, they are an absolute pleasure to watch. That's for sure. I don't want to jump ahead too much, but something that's circled on my calendar is, June 26th, uh, the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, the, the show that AEW is having with New Japan. As a fan, I look at that show, and first of all, I have to be there, but I look at that show and I think about all the possibilities and all the fantasy matchups. As you as a wrestler, how are you looking at that show on the 26th of June? It's, um, it's really exciting. Again, you look, at, you look at New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's history. Um, uh, the epic events, the epic roster that they have. And then I think about AEW and how much we've grown. Uh, to me, this was a long time coming. Uh, it's been something that's been fantasized or, or talked about pretty much since AEW's inception. And now that it's finally going to happen, I think I'm, I'm as stoked and the locker room is as stoked as the, as the rest of the fans are. So um, I, I know it's going to be a killer show. Uh, I know that the fans are going to be riled up and ready to go and have a good time. And, and we can't disappoint. This is, this is AEW and new Japan pro wrestling under the same roof. Uh, first time it's happening. So yeah, I'm stoked. Were you surprised? Adam, you... Oh, I'm sorry, boy, but no, go ahead, you know, were you surprised? Cause not one match has been announced and, and this sold out so quickly because, you know, you know, not that long ago, Ring of Honor had the joint show at New Japan at Madison Square Garden, which was historic. But that was at a time where New Japan was very, very hot. The yeah. pandemic, and I've said it on this show, I don't think there's been any company hurt more by the pandemic than New Japan. And there wasn't a lot of buzz, but to see that show sell out as quickly as it did, it's it, it's amazing. It, it really is. It, and it was both, it's surprising in the sense of, I always appreciate stuff like that. Anytime you hear like, you know, an event or a show selling out very quickly, I never lose sight of the fact of how cool that is. But it also didn't surprise me uh, again, because a lot of AEW fans are hardcore pro wrestling fans and they know 
what New Japan brings to the table. I think a lot of people have been itching for like a, a really important New Japan style, AEW mm-hmm. style show to get some attention back on, on a great product, which New Japan is. So um, I, I, I think the fans have been waiting for this for a really long time. And in, in many ways, it, it didn't surprise me that it sold out so quick. Adam, you and Britt recently appeared on an episode of Bar Rescue. Yeah. Uh, how did that come to be? And uh, tell us about your experience. Man, so um, it, it was kind of a random thing brought up to Brit, actually, where, where someone within AEW had said, hey, uh, we have a chance for, for you and Adam to do this show, Bar Rescue. And the best part was is Brit wasn't really sure what it was. So it was so ironic because me and Brit were on Anthony Bourdain at one point years ago. And it was a very similar story where Britt was like, oh, I got asked to do this show. Some guy, Anthony, uh, Anthony Bourdain. And I'm like, what? I lost my mind. It was very like, big deal show. Yeah. Huge. Like you have to do this. So and then I was lucky enough to be on it with her. But a similar story with Bar Rescue. My younger brother watches Bar Rescue all the time. Um, and he's like the biggest fan of the show. So aside from the fact that I really like the show as well, I felt like I had to do it for my younger brother. I'm like, oh, my God, we have to do this. And, and, and John Taffer was was awesome. Um, I thought this was really cool. I, I told him that my younger brother was like such a big fan of, of his show. And he immediately went, well, uh, let me film a video for him. I was like, what? Uh, he goes, yeah, yeah. Just uh, let me say hello to him. What's his name? I'm like, oh, it's Brent. And then he filmed this like, you know, 30, 45 second promo almost uh, to my younger brother. And he'll cherish that forever. So he was such a pro. The entire team was really, really cool. But yeah, it's, it's a wild, it's a wild process like to go in there. And uh, I'm, it's hard for me, especially because I've worked um, in restaurants and stuff to sit down and like really criticize uh, like food or drinks or whatever. Cause I know how hard uh, everyone's working in there, but, but fortunately the crew and the team was was very, very nice. And the, the, the food was pretty darn good, too. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Adam, for you and, and your world and, you know, pro wrestling is such a big part of your world and everything, you know, being with with Britt Baker. What are some of your interests outside of wrestling? Oh, like for me personally? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I actually I, I will spend now a lot of my free time, um, the the little bit that I do have actually Twitch streaming. Um, that has become like a really, really important part of my life now. I started that during the pandemic where I'd been meaning to do it forever. I'm a, I'm a big fan of video games. Uh, and, I, uh, you know, I had all the equipment, but I just kept putting it off because I just I kept telling myself I didn't have time to teach myself. And then when the pandemic hit and we were all locked inside, I was like, OK, I have no excuse anymore. I have to learn. So originally it started as something, hey, I'll do it once a week. I get to play some games and talk to some people who like games but the community that is formed on there is like anything else I've ever seen on, on social media. It's like the, this very positive, optimistic area and group of people coming together. Like, again, if someone gets a job promotion, we celebrate it. Someone has a child. It's like this really cool group of people that all get together online. And originally, it starts as becoming something of a or somewhat of a passion for gaming. And then it's turned into like a real community. So I, I've been getting more and more involved on the on the video game side of stuff, uh, because that's that's probably my number one passion outside of pro wrestling. So but then there's people who are just involved in that community that aren't even there for you that because you're a wrestler because of what you do on that channel. That that has been the most surprising thing. I would say about 
Now, don't get me wrong. 65 to 70 percent of the people who watch me on Twitch um, also know me from pro wrestling. But it's amazing the amount of people that have never seen me wrestle before or tuned in to watch AEW because they're like, no way. The guy that we watch on Twitch, he he's a wrestler. Oh, I got to see this. And then they end up That's watching so cool. the show and like they start some of them start following wrestling, which is really cool. So, yeah, that, that's a whole different world um, aside from wrestling. But the similarities lots of times go go hand in hand. Uh, we were talking earlier about some of the producers or agents that you find yourself talking to. You said you really uh, enjoyed working with Jerry Lynn or Dustin Rhodes or Dean Malenko. What about some of the veteran talent that are there like a chris jericho or a christian guys who have mastered the art of psychology and truly know what they're doing who have you been able to talk to as far as those type of names and maybe get some knowledge or information that you may not not have picked up along the way sure sure so um first of all everyone mentioned whether it be jericho uh punk brian uh christian they are all so incredibly accessible uh to the younger talent uh, and to people who want to learn, which I think is really cool, again, to have that uh, knowledge that they do and not let it go to waste in the sense of, uh, aside from them themselves being incredible, being able to pass it on to a, to a, another generation has been really, really cool. Um, I got to work pretty extensively with Christian, which was really cool. Like I had my, uh, I, I had a singles match against him and it was on my 14 year wrestling anniversary, which I thought was really cool. And just again, it, it, it's not even something necessarily where he sits, uh, sits down and is like, okay, um, this is why we're doing this. It's almost like learning just from working with him and where he places things and why he puts it here versus here. He is such a, Everything they say about Christian being a, a wrestling genius is true. He's just uh, he's so, so smart and, and a joy to work with, as, as a lot of these guys are. So, yeah, it, I think it's vital. You know, I, I can't imagine where AEW would be without without guys like them. You know, when Cody decided that uh, he had to part ways with the company, it was big news in the wrestling world. Personally, how did you feel about that and how did it resonate throughout the locker room? Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, of course, Cody being one of the um, originators or, or founders in a lot of ways of AEW, I think it, it definitely surprised a lot of people. But, but generally speaking, and this is just the way that, that pro wrestling is, is stuff like this happens all the time. Um, I, I understand that it was the first big one from AEW to WWE. So I, so I get that thought process. But at the same time, it's almost that the show must go on mentality. And on top of that, we have a, a roster filled with incredibly talented guys. And at the end of the day, I think most people feel this way is, you know, Cody should do what's best for Cody and what makes Cody happy. I, I think I would like to think people would say the same thing about me, or we would say the same thing about anybody else. So um, of, of course it was, it was shocking and surprising, but I think everyone's happy for him as long as he's happy. Adam, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much and appreciate the time this morning. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Take care, man. Right. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary... Steve Cohen and Sirius XM Fight Nation program director, Mother Marissa. Marissa, 
Grievous. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.